I simply leveraged the name. I pulled in speakers with credibility and I wanted to leverage that. I used it as a strategic point of my summit so that going forward, I could consistently leverage that. And I think if I've learned one thing about influence, it's really about that authority is one of the things that's just going to trump everything else. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we're going to be talking about list building. Now, list building is such an important part of your business. Last week, we covered uh, events with Shay Wheat, and this week we're going to dive even deeper into one of these types of events, and it's online summits. And I've invited Jay Williams to chat with me today about he- how he has used online summits to grow his list very successfully, and he's going to be talking how he even came up with that strategy. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me here. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to diving into this. I haven't pulled back the curtain so much as, as to what I'm actually doing with many people. So uh, it's a rare privilege that I get to share this with you today. So looking forward to it. I love that. I have that effect on people. It's like, hey, I've got this really cool idea. I've seen you doing this really cool thing. Want to share? (laughs) So thank you for saying yes, because it was me that posed this to you. You are doing some really amazing things with online summits. Before we dive into the strategy, what had you, like, what was the catalyst, I guess, for you deciding, let's try and run an online summer and see what happens? Like, where were you in your coaching business journey? Because you kind of weren't at the beginning of that journey, were you? No, I certainly wasn't. For me, online summits was something that I've kind of dipped my toe into probably about a year and a half ago. I'd seen lots of people doing it, especially off the back of COVID. Many people were doing them. And I was thinking to myself, what are people doing here? Like these virtual summits, how are they leveraging them? And I decided to run my first ever summit about a year and a half ago. And the main reason I run my summit a year and a half ago is because I just wanted to reach more people. That was the initial intention. I was kind of this person that's always loved to be on stage and I've always looked at strategies that best align with my personality and what I enjoy because I'll do them for one and I'll follow uh-huh. through rather than do strategies that I feel like I have to do that are boring. And so I decided about 18 months to get into online summits to really reach more people and do a strategy that I enjoy. But the real catalyst for what I've really delved into this year, which I've had to my uh, moving into my fifth summit this year. I actually decided to do them because I got shut down by Facebook. Oh, ouch! Exactly. I'd had I'd I'd been getting all my clients through social media, through my Facebook following. I had just under five thousand people uh, who I was connected with on there. I was nurturing my list. I was leveraging it as a list. On social media, I probably had, I'd probably say, I don't know, 150,000, 250,000 in 
potential revenue just sat there that I was nurturing at the time. And then overnight, uh, literally Facebook, 10 years of memories, everything just shut down my account and I lost everything. Despite me appealing, I got an email from Facebook saying, we've reviewed your appeal. Uh, The decision is final. Please do not respond to this email because basically we won't reply. And that was it. And that's what kind of forced me to really reconsider how much I was putting my business at risk by just relying on social media and not focusing on building my list as a source of getting clients. Mm. There's nothing wrong with social media. I think social media is a really great place to connect with people, but we definitely need to have that list on the side. And, and the two, I guess the two strategies need to work in tandem. And I know that that's what you're doing because you've got a really great Facebook group that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But Let's go back to that very first online summit. So you had your Facebook account shut down. You thought, let's just run this first online summit. Can you walk us through some of the the things that went really well, some of the challenges that you had and, and, you know, just a little bit of an overview of that journey of that first summit? Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to tell you about the first ever summit I run. I want to talk about the second one, but let's do it because I'm all about being real here. So the first ever summit I did at the time I was delving into, I'd been, I'd worked with thousands of men and I'd been delving into the world of men, especially business owners. And I wanted to support more male business owners. And, uh, I decided I was going to run a summit called business men unleashed right now to me, this sounds fantastic. I have this image, this vision in my head of men just being able to create whatever they want to create and just crushing in business. And I pulled together 13 speakers in total. And I must say that the whole process of building an online summit for me was absolute hell. I know I'm not selling it very well right now. (laughs) I reached out to over 500 people cold just people I'd found online speakers that I wanted to be on my network. And at the time I was doing it from a place of, I just got to get the speakers, got to get the speakers. I've got to get these people in. And I didn't really focus on going deep on relationships that I already had. I didn't focus on really, to be honest with you, the quality of the speakers. I didn't focus on meeting my own criteria so there was massive breakdowns in my own integrity because there's a certain strategy that you do with summits i might talk into it in a little bit where people need to meet certain requirements to come and speak on your stage so that they promote it for you and for me i would get on the phone with people and they wouldn't meet the criteria but I like them as a person and i like them as a speaker so i'd go oh come on come on my stage And I put together that first summit and I made zero dollars and I generated only 113 leads Mm -hmm. onto my email list, which for me was soul destroying because I had worked so hard. I was getting on calls with speakers. I was putting all the tech together. I was doing everything on my own. And it was just like, 
I'd have probably rather stu- have stuck needles in my eyes than <laughs> getting off the back of that sun. And that's the way it felt because it was so painful for me. And I just felt this crushing feeling of failure because I'm someone who's always been about how do I win? How do I win? How do I win in business? And this for me, I'd given everything or what I felt was everything and still didn't make it work. Now, that summit was a pre-recorded summit and I did interviews just like this one pre-recorded and I sent them out to the email list and I don't have any idea of whether or not it worked or not in any kind of did people watch the videos because all I was focused on was the list and the list build and the failure. And so in terms of what went well in that, I run my first summit, which was amazing. I got myself to go through it despite wanting to give up probably a hundred times, <laughs> probably more. But at the same time, uh, what didn't go so well is the list build and of course the revenue uh, that I generated off the back of that. Yeah. So firstly, thank you so much for sharing that because here's the thing, we only ever get to do the first thing the first time once. We never ever get the first time ever, ever again. And I think that I almost think that you learn more from having things go wrong than you do from having things go right because sometimes when things go right first time, you don't realize, you know, the variables. So, you know, for you, you put a lot of time in, you didn't get the list size that you wanted. I mean, I'm guessing you obviously did get the speakers. But before you share what went right in your second summit, because it sounds like you learned a real lot, what are some of the reasons that, apart from list building, that you would want to run a summit? So give us some yeah. context around some of the, the the benefits. Yeah, great question. So as you alluded to, the first reason people normally run online summits is so they can build an email list so they can monetize, right? For me, that was to reduce the risk, but also to reach more people. I really love people. I really care about people. And uh, I really want to give. I really want to add value to my audience. And so as well as the list build, it's a great opportunity to start getting more exposure and putting yourself out there to networks and audiences that wouldn't have ever heard of you before. Because Mm -hmm. I always say to my clients all the time, you've got to be honest with yourself. Nobody cares about you. Nobody knows about you. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. And they wouldn't be working with me because they'd be out there reaching more people, crushing it, right? And so you can reach more people, you can add more value. But one of the most important things about summits is, Sam probably talks into this quite a lot, is authority. Mm. So one of the amazing things about the summit model is you get authority by association. So for example, if you were following me on social media and you notice a picture of me and Tony Robbins having a, a drink together, right? Now, you have no idea of the circumstances of that engagement, of how we met, whether I paid him a million to sit in the seat with him, whether I just stumbled across him in a bar and I said, let's put a picture together and got my wife to take it. You'd have no idea. The only thing you'd probably think of in your mind of, holy crap, Jay's with Tony Robbins having a drink. 
this mm-hmm. guy must be a big deal. If you've never met me before, you must think he's got friends like Tony Robbins, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And so you get authority by association. This is what I say to all my clients. If you ever go to a live event and you get to, if there's a big speaker on, make sure you get that photo because at some point you can leverage that, right? To create mm-hmm. authority by association. So I had Neil Patel speaking at my summit. And I can talk about how I get big speakers like Neil Patel speaking at my events, which is amazing for Absolutely. So the association piece and the authority piece is really, really important. So Sam is clearly someone who's been doing this for 30 plus years now. She knows her stuff. She's got authority. She's got a credibility with her audience and in the marketplace. So if people see me getting speakers like Sam on my stage, then that's going to be really powerful. And there's automatically going to be a level of trust there. Mm-hmm. And there's automatically going to be that level of trust there. And that's going to make it easier to sell your products on the back end. Because if you try and convert someone who's completely cold into a buying customer, you're going to need to go out there, go and find them, build that authority, build that trust warm them up, nurture them. And you still have to do that to a certain degree, but summits allow you to accelerate that because what happens is when people come and attend your summits, just like a five-day challenge as an example, they come and spend more time with you. And then the more time they spend with you, the more they get to know you, your personality, the way you work, your style, and they get to make a decision of whether or not they want to engage with you further. And if someone has spent, in an example, most of my summits are about eight hours, eight to 10 hours. If someone does spend 10 hours with you and they're giving it their most valuable asset, which is their time, it's safe to say they probably think you're all right. (laughs) You'd hope so, wouldn't you, after that amount of time? If that hung around, you'd you'd, you'd hope so. (laughs) So there's going to be a level of trust and credibility that you build through that, which of course is going to help you to influence them on the back end when you come to promote your products and services. So those are some of the real good reasons why you might want to run a summit. On top of that, uh, there are a bunch of fun, if, especially if that's your personality type or if you have an interest in uh, getting to know people. And on top of that, you get up to learn a bunch of shit about business and stuff, but you'd probably have to pay people a lot of money to learn because one of my really selfish things I like to do with my summits is I'm like, what do I want to learn more about? Because the truth is, if I want to learn about it, other people will want to learn about it as well. Totally. Totally. Cool in that sense. That's what I love about the podcast too. I get to chat with amazing people like you and all of our other guests, and I get to ask the questions that I want to ask, but also knowing that, you know, again, if it's interesting for me, it's interesting for my audience. So you did mention that you had Neil Patel as a speaker, and I think that is amazing. Congratulations that uh, that you did that because I think a lot of people, they question or they don't even have the courage to reach out to kind of big names like that. But I want to go one step backwards because I think that there's a lot that needs to come before reaching out to big name people. Tell us about the thoughts that went into like the strategy and the topic that you chose before you reach out to your speakers, you know, because I know you enough to know that you haven't just gone, oh, I want to speak to that person. Let me just see if I can pull a big name with no, with no, you know, really meat and potatoes behind what you're doing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there's a whole strategy behind coming up with the topic for the summit, right? The, the speakers part, getting the speakers, all the rest of it, that's way down the line. You have to treat every summit as if you are talking to your ideal prospect. So I always start with the end in mind. So I'm always thinking to myself, who is the type of person I want to have as clients, right? Because at the back end, I'm going to offer my coaching services. So it makes sense that I put together a summit full of people who are my ideal clients. So it, as with all marketing, it always starts that. Who's your ideal client? Who are the people you want to attract into the event? Now, with that, you, of course, understand what their problems, what their desires are, and what they are looking for right now. What are they wanting right now? And from that, you start to brainstorm, well, what are some ideas for summit? So, for example, if my business was to help get clients and I was, let's say, a business coach, mm -hmm. then I might say, I might put a summit on called Clients on Demand because what mm -hmm. the most coaches want, <laughs> they want more clients, so they want a process and a system for getting clients on demand, right? Mm -hmm. So I might put an event such as that on. Now, you can go even one step further where you can really drill down deeper. So let's just say you work with people who want to get to 10K right? You might put on a summit that's specifically tailored around that topic. So when we're coming up with the name of the event, it's really geared to solving the problem that our ideal client is facing. That's mm -hmm. typically what we tend to do. Now, with me, I went one step further. I decided that there are lots of events that happen all of the time. So I need a way to be different. I need a way to stand out from all the other events. So how do I do that? Now, my brand is one way of doing that. But as I said, no one really knows me. So mm -hmm. how much mm -hmm. credibility do I have? So I thought, well, what would be really great is if I do an event that's timely. And by that, I mean, there was a recession at the start of the year. So it makes sense to talk into that conversation because what's top of mind for my target market right now? And as business owners, I discovered that typically when there's a financial crisis or there's times of stress, we do one of two things. We either contract or we expand. So I talked yes. into that conversation. Then the next summit, AI exploded. <laughs> it was kind mm -hmm. of like, whoa, what's on top of everybody's mind right now? It's AI, but how do you, how can my ideal client use that to get the results they want, right? How do we accelerate that process? Because yeah. most people were overwhelmed, so I used that to cut through the noise because the number one term that was being searched on Google was best AI tools to use in business. Mm -hmm. That was the number mm -hmm. one search term. So it made sense to me that, People were just overwhelmed, and I was speaking to lots of people. They were overwhelmed, so they wanted a summit that would cut through, and I would deliver that. So that was just my unique angle of standing out. So everything from the marketing to the landing page video to the types of speakers I bought on and got them to engage from that angle, that's what allowed me to start to separate myself from other people who were doing summits because they were just doing, hey, let's do an AI summit. Hey, let's just do a marketing summit, and it's like, most people who've been in business a little bit of time are like, boring, yeah, I've heard yeah. that before. Uh -huh. so how do you be different? So that's really the approach to come up with title. And then, of course, the tagline is typically 
in marketing, we love three, so we'll normally do three things. So my mo- most recent summit is attract more clients, grow your business, and become a master of influence, right? So it's always in threes when we're coming down to the promise. Ooh, love that, love that, love that. Tell us about, well, I'm really, I guess, the biggest question here is not just how you find your speakers, but how was it that you managed to get Neil Patel to come onto your uh, onto your summit? Like what was the reach out process look like and what do you feel like was your point of difference in that he was like, oh, totally, Jay, Jay Williams, 100%, I'm going to come and speak <laughs> at your summit. <laughs> You're going to be shocked when I give the, the answer. Uh, but Probably. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me just... Let me just... Um, paint a picture here uh as i said in the first summit one of the biggest things i did was i reached out to over 500 businesses called business mm-hmm. owner speakers and i didn't leverage my network i didn't go deep on my network and that created the results that it created as i went through the process and one of the biggest lessons i learned is that it's a lot of work trying to get people who are completely cold to listen to you to trust in you and i would find myself reaching out or following up with people like five six seven times and getting nothing just getting ghosted and that process was really frustrating in the first summit and so in the second summit i decided to do something different I started to lean on my network and say, mm-hmm. who do you know? Who, who are your friends? And what would happen is I'd still do some cold outreach to people because I like their stuff and I was interested in getting them on a stage. But this time something changed. What changed this time is I would reach out to them three, four, five times and nothing. And then I thought, ah, This isn't working, duh. (laughs) Let's, who could I connect with that could connect me to that person? And so then I went out to my network and asked people, who do you know? Did you know anyone who knows this person? And what would happen is I'd get that person to do an intro to that person. That person would introduce me to the main speaker I was trying to get. And instantly I'd get an email from them saying, yeah, I'd love to be on your summit. And so the big difference that I noticed was leveraging my network. So how did I get Neil Patel? Well, there was a a guy that I'd I'd partnered with for one of my summits. And he'd actually had Neil Patel on one of his summits in the past. And he had lots of big speakers and knew these people, been out for dinner with them and stuff like that. And so... I thought to myself, well, let's leverage him. Yeah. What, what a good idea. What a great idea. I know it's not rocket science. So then I said to him, any chance you can do an intro? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do an intro, but what I can do is give you his email. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, okay, I'm messaging Neil Patel. I followed this guy. 10 years he's been someone that i've learned from i've grown from i've implemented strategies and one of the main tactics you use in all of your outreach emails is to edify in other words Mm -hmm. make them feel great (laughs) Mm -hmm. right hey you're freaking amazing but not in a copy and paste way you take the time to go and look at something they've done or a few things that they've done 
and you really share your takeaways of what it's done for you, right? That's the way you do it. And with Neil Patel, what I did is I looked at all the things that I'd learned from him and I doubled that up with the association to the speaker, uh, to the guy I was partnered with that had had him on in the past. And uh-huh. so I, I talked about, you know, I've been following you for 10 years and I'd probably say 80% of what I've learned about these topics is because of you. And now I get to do this amazing stuff and help all these people. And I got connected to this person who I'm partnered with in a summit. And he said, you might be a really good person to reach out and get on on the, on the summit and i got his email i sent his email and within 10 minutes he just no sent way. me an email back that said yeah sure let's do it and that is like, so cool oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like mind blown mind blown that it was as simple as that but to be honest with you sam as with many other big speakers, in my head, I would often talk myself out of reaching out to these people because I'd go, who would listen to me? Who, who's, who the hell's Jay Williams? A bit to your point, why why would they be interested? But the thing that I really got with all summits, and especially around the AI conversation, is that all speakers want exposure, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants exposure. And you need to have a really compelling offer, just like in any business, in order to get them on, like a value proposition of some kind. And for Neil Patel at the time, summits around AI, it was really freaking hard to get speakers to mm-hmm. talk about AI, people who were competent at it anyway. Yeah, there was plenty of people with business acumen, but there wasn't anyone, there wasn't a lot of people around who were really competent at it. Mm-hmm. And so Neil Patel, being a smart guy he is, he's kind of going, I want to get on this trending topic, this hot topic that everybody is wanting to know about right now. And that would be getting in massive exposure. So I just leveraged that angle mm. to get someone like him. Mm. So it's a win-win for both of you. Now, what I love about that is, you know, you you framed that with, this is going to be so simple, Sam, that you're just going to laugh. But here's the thing, in business, I believe everything comes back to connections and nurturing your connections, your network. And the reason that I I say pay for proximity, the reason I'm in so many masterminds is because I know the value of being close to those people. So I paid big money to be in masterminds because I know that I've got proximity to the right people because when we are connected to some to well to anyone that's a resource that we've got at our fingertips as a business yeah. owner and i think that one of the biggest values that we have in business in our company is resourcefulness that when you know who you can reach out to at any time then you are able to get through just about anything so Whilst it sounds simple in that that's how you got him on the show, you know, you really leveraged and understood the value of being connected to people and how to connect well. So, I'm, you know, thanks so much for sharing that story. I think that's super helpful. Now, you've run a whole heap of summits now. You've had some big speakers. You've grown your list. What are probably, you know, you shared a lot about what the benefits are. 
Who are the kind of people that are listening to this now that you would recommend this strategy for? Like what could be happening in their business that makes them go, actually, this is the right strategy for me? Yeah, that's that's a great question. For me personally, I was at a place where I was at six figures in my business and I knew I wanted to reach more people. That was that was my thing. I was like, if if I need if I'm going to grow and scale this, I need to be connected to more people. I need to grow my list. Yes, Facebook was a catalyst for me, but really that got me in the thinking of going, okay, I now I'm now ready to reach more people. How the hell am I going to do it? So what are the groups of people who could leverage this strategy as people who are ready, who are looking for one variation of scaling, but don't want to go down, for example, a paid advertising route. You can do a combination of the two, that works as well, but they might not want to go down the Facebook advertising or YouTube advertising route. That is for people who have already validated their offer, people who already have paying clients, they already have a process in place and they're just ready to start to scale up because with the model and the way it works, if you think about like, for example, let's just say I generated a thousand leads from a summit. A thousand leads on Facebook advertising or YouTube would cost you a $10 a lead. That would be, what's that, 10 grand or something like that. So you want to think about it like that. And summits have the capacity to generate you from an event from if you do it pretty well. And if it out, just paint a range of 1,000 to, let's say, 8,000 leads, depending on your niche, depending on your industry, depending on how good your speakers are and uh, what size of list they have, right? So there's lots of factors. So there's massive potential. So let me just paint the extreme 8,000. If you were investing in paid advertising on Facebook, that would cost you 80,000 to acquire those lists, uh, that list. Now, on top of that, there are other massive benefits that I want people to really get. I know we're not talking about benefits, but types of person, but I want you to see this. You can save yourself 80,000 on paid advertising, and then you can monetize during the event. You might use a VIP offer or a workshop that you upgrade them to in the event. And then on the back end, you can sell them your products and services. So it's, it's basically like, self-liquidating ad spend right so you'll be familiar Sam I'm sure when people will do a, a low ball offer on the front of ads which basically covers the cost of that advertising spend to acquire those uh, those leads right and then they monetize on the back end well with this it's like getting paid to play but you're not paying for the leads so it's like 100% profit on the summit and then you really maximize your profit on the back end. So for people who are looking to scale, that's a really great model. And I wanted to give that angle so people can see, oh, well, paid advertising is easier. Well, this, I honestly believe, has stronger benefits in the sense that you can save money on the front end as well mm-hmm. and make uh, tw- um, make money at two points throughout the summit if you choose to. There's another model, which I won't go into, which you can <laughs> capitalize on the speakers as well and getting people to pay to turn up to the event so you can make a lot of money with it as well. It can also be for people who are in the early stages of business because if you don't have an email list, it's a great way to leverage other people's authority. 
So if you're new to business and you want a strategy and you do enjoy interviewing people, you're naturally curious or you like being on a stage and you had the confidence to do this, you don't have to put 21 speakers on a stage straight away. You can just start with doing a one-day event where you put five speakers on and that might be a really nice starting point. Each of those speakers will promote the event for you. And then, of course, you can start to build your email list that way. That is way better if you don't have the budget, which many startups don't, to go and invest in things like paid advertising. So it does work for two groups of people and it can be combined with other strategies as well. Mm, I love that. Before we wrap up, there's one thing that has just been niggling at the back of my mind. So I'm going to ask it because it could be niggling at the back of someone else's mind too. You mentioned that you get your speakers to promote it. That's how you build the list. When you're getting big name speakers, do they still promote to their list or are you leveraging the name rather than the list? You're a smart woman, Sam. (laughs) Good question. I'm glad you asked it. And I think this is really important for a lot of people because what happens in the beginning for most people is they get carried away and they go, I'm going to go after the biggest speakers with the biggest email list that are going to promote the events, their email list. But most of them don't promote. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because, you know, they get asked, a hundred times a day to come on events like this. And so they get their pick and choose of which summits and events they want to be on. And they have massive lists. And if they just constantly bombarded their list with summit, 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 you know, that's probably not going to be a massive benefit to their their business. They're better off selling their products and services off the back end. So I simply leverage the name. Mm-hmm. For me, I identified Neil Patel and a couple of others, especially in the AI space. I have founders of companies like Jennifer Smith. She's got a a million users on uh, the Scribe platform. I did Don Bosco, BeHuman.ai. I I pulled in uh, speakers with credibility and I wanted to leverage that. Now, it turns out both those people promoted for me, which is very awesome for big speakers. (laughs) But... I used it as a strategic point of my summit so that going forward, I could consistently leverage that and I could leverage that to make more sales on the back end because I already have those interviews from those people. So I can leverage Mm -hmm. the name for positioning and authority. And I think this is just, if I've learned one thing about influence, it's really about the authority is one of the things that's just going to trump everything else because Mm -hmm. if you are so it's kind of like influencers on instagram or social media people buy they're raven fans buy just because they have x amount of followers and they know like and trust them right and if you have that authority and credibility it becomes so much easier to sell your products and services in my opinion and sell virtual events now you don't have to have that i just want to be clear in that you do not have to have those big names because every single speaker that comes on your stage will already have a relationship with their email list and they will be seen as an authority and a trusted guide if you like so when they promote the event to their email list they already 
have the credibility and the authority which you borrow. And of course, that leads to people signing up to your summits. Mm, I love it. So at the end of the day, strategy, and we mentioned this in just about every episode, strategy first, uh, and there's always a reason for everything. So I love that you use both of these guests for different reasons. Jay, for people that have been listening to you and they just want to stay in your world because of your beautiful energy and your, you know, the amount of serving that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can connect with me. Yeah, you can go to my website, jwilliamscoaching.com, or you can connect with me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Six Figure Mindset Secrets for Entrepreneurs. You can go and uh, request to join that group and you'll be able to engage with me on a regular basis. I do something called the Run Talks where I'm regularly sharing lots of gold, the lessons that I'm learning in entrepreneurship and business. And of course, some powerful tools and strategies that help you to up your level of performance in business so you can create more results in your business, of course. So yeah, if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me either via the Facebook group or you can visit my website if you want to engage with me in any way. Love that. And of course, as always, we'll put the links to all of those places that Jay just mentioned in the show notes over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com. Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And, you know, thanks for reaching out after your Facebook account got taken down. You know, as I mentioned, when you reached out, I was like, I haven't heard from Jay for a while. And then there you go, popped up with a brand new profile. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been great to reconnect after a few years. And uh, thanks for coming on the show and giving so much value today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank you.